Hello, my name is Miguel Almario, and welcome to Speak. This is a show about empowering people in their mental health journey, and if you want to support us, please consider following our club social media at the I Am Collective. This episode is about film and mental health. I hope you enjoy the show today. So, hello everyone. Uh, happy October. I hope everyone's classes are going well, or at least somewhat well. I know that September was a very big adjustment period for a lot of people, and you know, it was big for us on our end. Uh, we had our first big club online event, and that was really successful. Thank you to everyone for uh, making that happen on our end, and uh, thank you to you if you were there, because we did have a pretty pretty decent turnout. Uh, so yeah, all in all, I hope you enjoyed September, and you know, as we go approach closer to the end of the year uh yeah be optimistic about the whole shindig because i think uh i think we're online for uh the future foreseeable future today i am lucky to be joined by another club executive and one of my really good friends david drinnen so david i'll let you introduce yourself hello everybody uh like you said my name is david drinnen um this is my first year being an executive at the am collective i joined uh earlier i believe in march or April-ish. Um, sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. I'm the executive of outreach. You know, I help plan some stuff to do with a lot of the marketing. You may see me on Film Friday every Friday. That's where I post a movie review that kind of helps with people. I think a lot of them tell you stories, give you perspectives. So those are on them collective on social media. Check them out. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited to do this episode. Me and Miguel have been friends for a long time. So let's get it. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny that you bring it up. Um, the the club social media plug is always something that you know we try to get we're very social media driven so uh i like i like seeing it from my my fellow executives so uh obviously we're we're talking about film and mental health um if uh you know me in my personal life uh i am a really big film person i think i've been a film person for you know as early as i can remember and David, you know, David's also huge into it. I'll let him kind of speak on that behalf. Yeah, I uh, I work at a movie theater. I went to the Calgary Film Festival with uh, Miguel. We went to went to a lot of movies for that. I've been into film since around 2014. Uh, Django got me into film. You know, shout out to Quentin Tarantino. So yeah, film, really good uh, art piece. You know, allows people to have their stories. We're gonna get into it more, but yeah. Would you Would you say that film is your favorite? Uh, creative medium i think so i think it's uh it's just the it has the most possibilities because with music you know you can put music in cinema mm -hmm. so you know but you also get visual elements you also get story elements you know so yeah i would mm -hmm. yeah i feel like from just a creative standpoint uh film is so layered in what you can do and how you can approach anything in in, in such a wide variety of ways uh so in terms of film and in relation to mental health, a lot of the times, not even necessarily in a negative way, but a film can serve as an escape for a lot of people. Um, and I consider that a very fulfilling and enjoyable thing to do is to see how the world and how like life can be under different circumstances and, and under different conditions. And yeah, there's, there's so many different avenues to explore through film and so many layers that you can explore through film that you know you're kind of limited in other mediums within film there are many areas that across the emotional spectrum like entirely that have been represented through film or by film 
And it's really the only medium that can connect with as many people as possible, I think. I think um, especially now with uh, filmmaking being more and more prevalent and, you know, books are almost like kind of like a dying breed for a lot of people. For I sure. mean, I think um, it might be a huge generalization, but like I don't think as many people read at least like novellas and like obviously writing is like I'm a I'm I'm a writer so it's like I understand like that side of the struggle um yeah so I think with film like you're saying in terms of the emotions um like you have all different ranges and you it allows any filmmaker and the crazy thing is film as a medium I mean more people have a camera on them at all times than they have a book and they have a pencil you know your phone is a camera YouTube that's kind of film you know I guess that's videos but you know, film is generally the most watched uh, platform. Like commercials are most watched in film form than billboard, than newsprint, than anything like that. It's TV commercials, it's videos. So I think film as a medium that way also brings relevance. Mm. Yeah, and in in terms of escape, I mean, we we did discuss a little bit earlier about you know our specific favorite films for like given emotional states, so to say. Mm. Um, so it. You know, to to make it like super casual, it does give you a good vibe. Like there, are, there's a movie for every kind of vibe. To be honest with you, um, and I know that sounds kind of stupid, but that that it really is what it is. So, with film as escapism, what do you think is the best kind of film to watch when you just want to be immersed in a story with the characters, with the plot? Uh, I think for me, I'm I'm kind of biased to my escapism i feel like i like things that are pretty straightforward in that regard so for some reason i really love the universe of the mcu um i know that that's a very controversial choice for someone who like if you watch a lot of film like obviously the mcu is good but it's not like the creme de la creme you know it's it it makes the most money but and for me i i've also been really into comic books like my my whole life and I just really enjoy the universe that the MCU puts together. Dave is laughing right now because it's not like, uh, in the grand scheme of things. And I love the MCU, but, you know, not everything in there is fantastic. But I feel like it's that like nice balance of departure from regular life for me. And also like. I really enjoy the concept of superheroes. I, I, I thoroughly do. So, like, for me, uh, there's just something about uh, the MCU that really pulls me in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, like, I do agree with you. I think uh, the MCU, uh, some some poor films in it, you know, Iron Man 2, uh, <laughs> Thor 2. Yeah, Thor 2 um, bad, yeah. Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah. yeah. But there are also some incredible stories. And the thing I think uh, Marvel movies do... They're, they're always origin stories. They're always focused on the character. They're kind of character studies in a way mm. about the superhero. They tell you their backstory, how they got their powers, how they use their powers, if they use them with responsibility or not. You know, and I think the characters, there's always a character someone can relate to. Mm-hmm. For me, Spider-Man. Yeah. I love Spider-Man. I think he's a very well-written character. He's a teenage boy. He has these powers bestowed upon him. And I think all, all Spider-Man are good films. Obviously, Tom Holland, I think, is the best. Is that, <laughs> is that a hot take? I don't think that's that's too bad. I, I I actually really love Tom Holland. Okay. Um, but let us know what uh, what Spider Man you think is the best. <laughs> I guess yeah. If you want a side project, go ahead, go ahead. Let us let us know which Spider Man is the best one. Um, but yeah, I mean like 
being able to you know find something that's relatively close to what your reality looks like but also has those elements of uh fantasy mm-hmm. and uh you know the ability to teach you like really big moral lessons and i think like that's another portion of film that makes that makes the medium so engaging for me is the ability to learn through film there i've learned so much about like life and whatnot in general through different films and it like another film that like actually recently got into like my like top five actually like my top one my favorite film right now is stand by me and i think stand by me uh it's the uh who's it directed by again uh, we have computers in front of us, so we could totally look it up. But I believe Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg. Is that a? Is yeah, def- I think I I'm like ninety percent sure. Rob um, Reiner. Oh, okay. Rob Reiner's nineteen eighty six film, uh, Stand by Me. Mm. Uh, it's your favorite film. Yeah, it's my wow, favorite film. Okay. Right now. I completely forgot who the director was. So yeah, not not too good on my resume right now. It does have a great performance though by River Phoenix. Yeah, River Phoenix you is know, sick. Yeah, he, he a very uh, unfortunate actor. He passed away, as many of you know. Um, but he he leaves by a great legacy, and I think this film he's a child actor in it. Like he's quite mm-hmm. young in it, and his performance is incredible though. All time. Um, all the you know most of the time child actors, I'm not too big of a fan of. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the time, um, like they, it's just harder, I guess, <laughs> to do that. But I think this film probably has the best child acting I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Stranger Things is also pretty good. To to switch to TV for a second, I think that uh, I like child acting on that. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a, I I've never really been super deep into uh stranger things i'm mostly because i'm not really deep in the tv like i i'm I'm a big breaking bad person uh i like game of thrones but ah, i don't know i feel like tv is such an investment i watch a lot of anime too um but tv is such an investment so it's kind of difficult to like uh go through episodes upon episodes but in a movie you can really get into a whole you know world and a whole story Mm -hmm. in a very short period of time so um yeah, and the the one really cool thing about film is like kind of the uh, ability to teach you empathy, and like I feel like the more and more you watch film, the more empathetic you end up being, just because you see like the experiences directed by someone who has specifically chosen every element of what you're seeing to correspond into illustrating a specific mood for you or in a specific emotional state for you, so you in that sense really experience what happiness or sadness looks like to these people mm-hmm. and i think like being a, a film director you have so much control over how someone can feel in that moment and it's beautiful in that way so like to bring it back to stand by me um i think that film really exemplifies what growing up feels like and like the tribulations of you know, adolescence, as difficult as, you know, those formative years can be, I think that that film really exemplifies that experience, like, to a T. So, like, and it all comes down to, like, how the director has, you know, kind of predicated they want you to feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, my favorite part of filmmaking, to be quite frank, is just seeing how, like, these different, uh, you know, personalities kind of surface through, if it's music or if it's like how they're shown in a particular frame, like, or just like they're, they're placed thematically in the story. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting to see the different layers of 
uh, that go into filmmaking and the different layers that people can kind of add to their stories just by, you know, kind of with a with a camera and a microphone. Like, it's kind of ridiculous if you kind of boil it down to its bare necessities. Yeah, stand by me. So currently, since quarantine, I've been going through uh, the top 250 movies. Um, and stand by me is on there, actually. And it's a really good film. I think it does teach you, like, it gives you a lesson and lets you experience someone else to experience with the kids in the film. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Um, yeah, I think for, uh, like you were saying, from learning from films and empathy, I'd say probably the best genre is, uh, or like a very important genre is watching war films or foreign films. Because mm-hmm. I think uh, if you look at film at the very beginning, a lot of film is very political. A lot of it has been propaganda used in the past. You know, there's countless examples. Uh, there's that film by Disney um, promoting the KKK. Mm-hmm. Like, so film is a powerful tool. And mm-hmm. so I think it's good to get different perspectives and uh, view different uh, filmmakers' uh, films, you know? And so I think with uh, for, for me recently, I've been watching uh, a lot of uh, 1970s American cinema, which mm-hmm. is uh, quite uh, political in how it deals with Vietnam, how it deals with guns, how it deals with violence and stuff like that. And so I've also been trying to watch uh, East Asian films from the same time. I've watched a couple of Vietnamese films of the same era just because I think a lot of the time filmmakers... You know, and just uh, how it is, you know, it becomes political. It becomes sometimes it can be a bit of, you know, in the past propaganda. So I think it's important to get that to vary. Mm-hmm. I think like even now, like even now, a lot of film is propaganda. So like more than ever, it's kind of beneficial to watch foreign film. And even like uh, me and David just spent like uh, two weeks ago now, uh, a whole week watching foreign film or at least probably like. 60 percent 60 to 70 percent foreign films because of course they technically consider the united states a foreign country so um, a couple of those were in there but uh we were at the calgary international film festival and that's kind of been going around for like like the last 10 years 21st year 21st 20th year 20th year year. so it's been going on for quite a long time uh my family's been to it uh my aunt and uncle have actually been to like a majority of the years and it's just an opportunity for films that wouldn't make it to the, you know, the big budget cinemas nowadays to have an audience with people who like appreciate filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool to to see all that go into it and all the effort put in by the people there. So uh, if you're listening to this and you went to KIF or you know someone who works at KIF, like big shout out to them. Uh, I thought that was such a cool experience. And it was the first time that, you know, either of us got a, an opportunity to go, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's exactly what David said. Like you, you get an opportunity to see like these different stories and these different takes on like how the world is right now. And especially like, you know, given our time period, um, we're in a pandemic and there were some films there that were like shot and directed during the quarantine. Yeah. So it's, it's weird to see like how many different perspectives on what's happening right now exist. And like, you know, from, all these different corners of the world, you can still create such a compelling narrative and such a, a well-organized like film and seen so, so many like beautiful little moments in time that just like bleed through the screen, you know, not to be overly dramatic, but then you also get some really shit movies. Oh. Like Sif, like this is a very off topic, but like Sif also had a couple like big duds, um, so film isn't like the perfect thing. I know we've been gassing up filmmaking, 
Uh, but there are some, there are obviously limitations to these things as well. Um, we want to acknowledge that there are two sides to the story mm-hmm. for the most part. But yeah, you know, like film really presents a different way of viewing the world. And I think even with like things that I've called bad, I recently just like, I just said things can be bad. You know, films can be bad. Um, even with those, like of films of poor quality, you know, like you still get to learn something about how this person wanted to see see whatever he's presenting. You know, like we talked about the MCU earlier and about Spider-Man earlier. Um, what like, and we we did specifically talk shit about Iron Man two and Thor: Dark World. So uh, those are not good movies. Those movies have a lot more money than a, like all the movies. At SIF combined. Okay. So the MCU and one shitty movie can basically double the budget of all the films that were at SIF. So that being said, Thor the Dark World didn't teach me anything about anything. Like that was a garbage, garbage movie. But there is a little film in at SIF this year called Merry Go Round that goes so into depth about, you know, sexuality and the idea of repression and what it means to you know be free in a lot of ways and it it does so in such a unique and well organized and well delivered little package and it's polish and you would never get this opportunity to see a polish story by a polish filmmaker if you didn't look at foreign film and give the opportunity to you know learn from different cultures and i think film is like that biggest gateway to understanding what life is like you know across the world and i know david david's a huge supporter of this as well so i'll kind of let him speak on uh you know like yeah learning through film and foreign film like it's fantastic yeah i think um recently there's been a huge push for foreign film uh the past two years at the oscar uh the best picture nominees people thought would win roma uh very fantastic i believe it's a mexican film Mm, it's on netflix Uh, it is it is a netflix original yeah um, it didn't win Best Picture, but last year, Parasite, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite from yeah. South Korea, it did win Best Picture. David's and a big Parasite guy. I, I do I do like that film quite a bit. I think it showed that uh, certain barriers are being broken down. The one-inch uh, barrier of subtitles is being broken down, as yeah. Bong Joon-ho said. And I think that it's very important because a, a film is essentially a message. It's me saying, this is what I want to show you. This is what I want to show the audience. And so you're always giving... And so watching a film is just giving someone two hours to tell a story they want to tell you. So I think, you know, no matter whose story it is, you're allowing someone to speak to you and allowing yourself to listen. And so I think that's important to give them that chance. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people use subtitles and view foreign film as uh, un- like not essential for them. You know, they think, oh, they're just better films in Hollywood um, or whatever film industry they live in. Actually, a lot of people just think theirs is the best. But I'm telling you, if you look and give the chance to other films and other filmmakers across the world, it does help you and it teaches you things as well. You know, there's a lot of stories that can only happen in places in Africa. There's a lot of stories that can only happen in uh, East Asia, in South America. And so being able to view those stories from someone who wants to tell you that story is so important because the passion is always there in filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like with creating anything, if you're like contributing to the culture of wherever you're from, whether it's through film or uh, through writing or through art, you, you really do serve one of like, the most important goods in our society. And it's important to kind of note that because even if you don't think that you're doing it, you're learning things from film and implementing them in your life. So 
it really becomes uh, sort of a, a tool for you to pick good films. Like that's it. Like I know uh, being a critic of sorts because I've been doing this. You know, I've been doing amateur movie reviewing for a, a while now, um, and uh, people always like ask what it's like to do that or why why it is I do that and I, I just love doing it I love talking about film but critics also serve a very important role in this whole like filmmaking process and it's to you know bring attention to those specific stories that are driving the culture and should be used as like a backbone for how people think like I at least that's partially why I enjoy being a critic to a degree is you know being able to voice my my opinion on you know what what can and will serve the or stand in the test of time like and so i i do believe we're in one of the the best time periods for film like there's so many beautiful things that just like are, exist now like uh and i know that like obviously we we've had like a lot of very good eras in filmmaking but i i'm very like uh you know lucky to have so much access to different films and also like the degree of experimentation that's allowed to happen now like and we've talked about film as propaganda like early in the episode but you know we're kind of getting to a point where yeah it is propaganda from where you're from and what uh, the area you live in to a degree because that's your perspective but it's becoming less of a tool used to control people and it's like the the access to using art as you know a weapon of culture and to to really tell stories and create something that will last forever that is like the biggest appeal of filmmaking i think i think with uh what you're saying about learning culture through film i think that's very important we touched on it quite a bit uh, i want to give an example just about how that uh, specifically helped me um prior to when i first went to south korea back in 2017 i watched a lot of korean films with some of my korean friends and although that's like it, you can't obviously generalize a whole country to a four or four hours of two films, I think it does teach you and it gives those filmmakers that perspective. And so when I went to Korea, um, my name in Korean, Daesu, is actually the same name I was given about my uh, favorite film character um, in Old Boy. Uh, my favorite film, Old Boy 2003, Park Chan Wook. Um, so it shows that filmmaking is important and can connect people. Like when I'd go there, if I went to the movies, we can talk about film. Everyone watches a lot of films, so. It's great to meet people and be able to have that perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, I think everyone that really gets into film and uh, not only viewing and critiquing and, or critiquing, but I think everyone at some point either wants to be in a movie or direct a movie. I, I don't think it's like exactly the same as every other creative process by, by no means, but I think it's a very similar experience with everyone that is a creative. I think that when you approach the idea of creation, it's it's kind of exciting. And it, it's, it's really something that uh, you can really express yourself freely. And, I, and the, I, I've told people kind of in casual conversation about how uh, I think being able to create stuff is one of the biggest benefits to your life is being able to create things. And... If you ever want to, you know, feel more uh, alive as a person, you should really try and create things, whether that's art or whether that's, you know, videos, movies, films, whether that's writing. Like there's 
so much to gain from being able to create things. And so when it comes to filmmaking and this idea of creation and freedom, like I think in film too, you really get to see that more than most mediums. Like as a director, you have so much control over everything. And so you you really are responsible for driving that forward. And we did talk about that slightly earlier, but I think that, you know, as a creative person and as someone who wants to create things that will last, you know, beyond where he is, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see the amount of people that I have to draw inspiration from. And it's kind of beautiful in that way. I think uh, film, like you're saying, how it can leave a legacy. I think a lot of the time films can define a decade. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think about the 2010s. They think about Avengers, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War. A lot of people, when they think about the 1970s, they think of The Godfather or Martin Scorsese. And I think that directors can become kind of attached to film and attached to an era. And so in that way, art is the same. Art is a way to leave your legacy. You know, we, we still listen to Bach and Beethoven and they're hundreds of years old. So I think film is a great way to say your message and other creation tools, you know. I think the way, whenever you do something, whether it be a school project, whether it be your own Instagram, whether it be a piece of art you're doing, as you should always put yourself and put your own message in there. You should always allow yourself to be part of it, you know, because we all are unique. We're all individuals. Our messages are all should be heard. I completely agree with that. And everything that you can possibly do from the creative lens, I think you should be capitalized upon. I think we all have the capability of doing so. Um, and yeah, and we live in such a time that, you know, anyone can go and be creative anyone, anyone can go and create what they want to and what they've always wanted to, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful that way. And I guess that kind of wraps it up. I think we've talked about a lot here. There's a lot, uh, you know, obviously films, a, a very large subject area and it's something that we're both very passionate about. So it'd be difficult to kind of go into detail about a lot but also you know do it justice and i feel like in a lot of ways i did nothing justice (laughs) but um you know it is good to kind of just discuss it flesh out why it is we love this medium so much i think with the a lot that we talked about we talked about both sides of the coins we talked about how film has been used as a tool of propaganda but it's also experimental and those people say these stories i would never get the light that it would Mm -hmm. so i think filmmaking you know Everything has those sides, and I'm happy that we got to discuss on those things. Um, I think one thing we should do, let's leave viewers off with the film recommendation. Okay. What, what do you think viewers should watch? We left. We talked about Stand By Me. I'm a pretty biased to Stand By Me. Um, we also talked about the MCU and what not to watch. We kind of, yeah, we kind of went all over the place. But if I had to go off the cuff, uh, for some reason, I am... I mean, we already really talked about Stand By Me, and I've kind of been on a little Kubrick, Kubrick little binge. So uh, 2001 is also really fun. That is a kind of a slow burn. It's kind of difficult to get through nowadays. Not necessarily nowadays. I feel like it's difficult for a lot of people to get through just based on how slow the and patient Kubrick is with the entire film. But uh, I do think it's a very... Amazing example of how far the medium can go, uh, especially given when it came out. So, if you want something just off the cuff, 
probably one of the best of all time. Go watch uh, 2001. 2001 A Space Odyssey, great recommendation. It's uh, it's on my top 10 list for sure. Mm. Um, two Kubrick films are Clockwork Orange as well, so I agree with that. Great pick. Um, my recommendation, I'd say, Before Sunrise. It's by Richard Linklater. It's uh, a love movie. It's an American love film, but it is the greatest romance film of all time. Um, it has a trilogy. There's is, before, is that? Yeah. There's no. Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. So you get uh, to learn the characters. Yeah. You get to see the relationship, and it's the most real love I've ever seen on film. It, uh, it really taught me about how to empathize and how to feel connected with people and get over certain barriers. It taught me to trust. It taught me throughout the movie, I changed. Mm. And I think that that's what film, uh, when it's a really great film, it should change you. It should teach you something. So before sunrise, great film. That's my recommendation. Wow. Well, that makes me feel bad about not having that kind of background in mind. <laughs> I mean, 2001, really good. Yeah. Did it teach me anything about myself? Uh I guess so. See, for, I guess so, yeah. For me, I feel that film, um, for those who haven't seen it, it's uh, about space. You know, it's the first space movie. It's all practical effects. It's before Star Wars. It's before Star Wars A New Hope. It's 1968. It's your parents' Star Wars film. And it's fantastic. It teaches you about trust. It teaches you about technology. It's so very relevant with technology nowadays. So I think it's a great recommendation, Miguel. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, uh that kind of concludes everything that we want to talk about today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking to you again soon.